You're listening to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast with your host, Letitia Ringe, and this is episode number 21. Too often, I think people's initial choices are kind of cut off at the knees um, because they're different to what we make. And I think having a culture of curiosity is, is really, really important. beautiful people. Welcome to episode 21 on the Create a Life That is Beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Letitia Ringe, and this podcast is designed to inspire, empower, and support you on the journey of uncovering your truth and purpose in the world. So thank you, whoever you are, for sharing this space with me today. Wherever you are, whether you're on your way to work, leaving work, taking a break, going for a run, a walk, doing some cooking, cleaning, hitting gym, whatever you're doing, I want you to know that I really appreciate you being here. Get ready because today we're going to have some masculine energy in the house. So today you'll be hearing from the inspiring Chris Rain from Hello Sunday Morning. Yes, That's right. We finally have a man on here. Hello Sunday Morning is a charity based in Australia that began as a blog after Chris was given a brief that involved him taking a 12-month experiment to quit drinking. At the time, Chris was only 22 years old. He worked in the evenings as a nightclub promoter and by day in advertising. Chris blogged about his experience giving up alcohol for those 12 months and realized very quickly that this was something he wanted to continue. Hello Sunday Morning Today is a for-purpose organization servicing governments, individuals, and corporates in rethinking our relationship to alcohol and drugs. Hello Sunday Morning has a signature program called Daybreak, which allows anyone to access trained clinical psychologists with special experience dealing with removing alcohol and drugs from your life. And anyone can get access to that service if you've decided you would like to limit or remove alcohol from your life. Or just give it a try, you know. Chris explains in the episode that many of the people who go through their program do end up giving up alcohol for good or for extended periods. However, he himself is still someone who needs to use the program as he goes through periods of abstaining from alcohol and then reintegrating it into his life. So rather than removing alcohol from society, the aim of Hello Sunday Morning is to provide people with more awareness as to the reasons why they are drinking so that they can make conscious choices around their consumption. They say on their website that Hello Sunday Morning is a movement towards a better drinking culture. Our vision is a world where drinking is an individual choice, not an expectation. So good, isn't it? Just allow me to indulge in a quick rant. (laughs) This is my issue with alcohol because I don't want my children to grow up in a world where they have to feel like a social outcast because of the choices they make around their alcohol use. 
The social pressure around alcohol is a real thing. And if you think about any other aspect of your life, you know when you want to try and fit in with the culture around you, that you will behave in ways that aren't true to the person that you really want to be. This is like one of the biggest problems for all of us in you know, trying to show up as our authentic selves when we feel like fitting in is belonging and we crave belonging, but really we only get true belonging if we show up our, up as ourselves in spite of not feeling like you're fitting in because you know we're all different so anyway rant over a fascinating and different perspective on drug and alcohol use generally which is why i really wanted to have chris on the show so join us in this episode as we talk about chris's experience removing alcohol for 12 months and since then his relationship learnings and challenges with alcohol, the journey of Hello Sunday Morning and support offered for anyone wanting to reduce or remove their use of alcohol, running a for-purpose charity or organization, the role of advertising when it comes to drugs, what is a drug, the effects of alcohol neurologically, emotionally, and socially, the benefits and disadvantages from Chris's point of view of alcohol, Chris's advice for finding purpose and a meaningful career, the role of mentors on his own journey, how to support the people in our life who are thinking about doing something different to the status quo, including giving up alcohol, and the importance of curiosity in our relationships. Plus, of course, many other beautiful moments and topics throughout our conversation. I have to say my favorite part of this convo is the bit at the very end about how we can support the people in our life who are wanting to give up alcohol or do something different. Chris's perspective is one I personally have related to so much and hearing him put it in the way he does really crystallized my own desire for curiosity in my relationships. Anyway, listen for yourself and let Chris and I know what you think. Now, quickly, before we dive into this episode, I have a couple of announcements to make. Actually, I have three announcements to make. So number one, my ebook, 21 Actions to Create a Life That is Beautiful, is now available to everyone who signs up to receive my weekly newsletter. This is a weekly email that goes out to you filled with my latest content offerings and inspiration. And the ebook has been designed by me to act as a program for you to complete, to give you the foundations that I used to help me turn my life around and take back the reins to my life. And I offer this completely free because it's something that I want everyone to have access to regardless of whether you're one, willing to spend money on your own personal development and growth, and two, whether it's something that you can really afford. Number two, this weekend, I will be finally sharing the details for the online course that I'm launching. You've heard me mention this. It's all about feminine essence, and I'll be sharing all the details in this Sunday's newsletter. So if that's something that interests you and you feel your inner being going, yes, pick me, then make sure you check out that there. This will also, of course, help you in discovering truth and purpose in your life. And my final announcement is that 
Well, it's more of a question. Are you interested in making the move from corporate to creative? Because if you are, Kelly Track and I are running a two-hour online workshop on the 24th of June to help you take the leap. You will hear how both Kelly and I did it, how we overcame our mindset issues that arose before and after taking the leap, which, my friends, they are inevitable, what we actually do as entrepreneurs, what we wish we knew before we started, how to know when to take the leap, how to run a business with flow and ease rather than hustle and grind. And you can also expect me to, of course, touch on running a business using feminine essence. So if that's something that's interesting to you, you can head over either to my website at www.letisharinch.com forward slash workshops or you can go to my Instagram account at Create a Life That Is Beautiful to grab your ticket. <gasps> Exciting times ahead, my friends. Now let's dive into the episode with Chris Rain. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast. Thank you very much for having me. No problems at all. I'm really, really excited to have you here with us today. Can we get started first with just you letting us know a little bit about who you are and what you're currently creating in the world today? Sure. So my name is Chris Rain. I was uh, raised on the Sunshine Coast in Australia and the last almost decade I've been building an organization called the Hello Sunday Morning. And Hello Sunday Morning's mission is to make sure that anyone in the world that has an issue with alcohol and wants to make a change in their life around it has access to the tools to do so. So we work with governments and organizations and individuals. And so, yeah, we're based in Sydney, but work around the world and are really focused on helping with this specific but global problem. Yeah, that's so fascinating. And you know what? I can't believe that it's now been a decade because I know that you started Hello Sunday Morning, you know, or well, the journey all began back in 2009, which just really doesn't seem like that. That is almost 10 years ago. That's crazy. No, I know. It's, it's, it's interesting. And it's, it's certainly like a marriage, you know, like the, it has different ebbs and flows of experience and the organization changes quite dramatically. And my role within it's changed a lot, um, and some bits are easy, some bits are hard. Yeah, uh, but it's 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 a definitely a, a purpose. Absolutely, and so well, could you let us know what was your relationship like? Because I know that you, so you also did an experiment, which is so interesting. Because I um, gave up alcohol for 2017, which you probably know, and I did it also as an experiment just to see what my life would be like if I gave it up for one year. And then, you know, I've made the decision since then to continue not drinking. And so I know that you did something similar. So could you tell us a little bit about that and also what your relationship was like with alcohol before you stopped? Yeah. So, well, actually it all came about, I was working as a nightclub promoter in, in, uh, on the Sunshine Coast. And then also working in advertising in, in Brisbane. And so I had these two jobs, so, so advertising during the day, nightclubbing at night. And I actually got a brief on my desk at the advertising agency to come up with an idea around uh, the, the government was trying to push towards getting young people to do less binge drinking. Um, yeah. And the campaigns that we were coming up, up with weren't that really that great. They weren't didn't really 
talk to me or the reasons why I was drinking. And the reasons why I was drinking were quite clearly expressed every night when I was at, in the nightclub and trying to get people to binge drink, uh, including myself. And I had this experience where I was started asking questions around why do I drink and how do I use it, how I might use it better. So the setup was an experiment to not drink for a year and blog about what I learned and what I found difficult and why I was using alcohol, why I wasn't. Um, and that, you know, the name of the blog was Hello Sunday Morning. And the I wouldn't say that, you know, my level of drinking was really holding me back in a, in a massive way, but it was certainly um, something that was, you know, was a curiosity and, and I then certainly felt, uh, I felt like it fed into my anxiety and, and, mm. and social anxiety. And uh, the experiment really brought that out and it was a really great uh, thing to do. Um, and that's sort of how other people heard about it and it, and it grew from there. That's so, so cool. And so how did you find that first year of actually, you know, not drinking? Yeah, it was an amazing experiment. I think um, I, in the beginning, thought it would be really easy. Uh, <laughs> I thought, you know, I could just not do it and I could make some tools and all about to it that my girlfriend at the time dumped me and I had to had the challenge of dealing with some of the emotions that I would normally probably drown out with drinking. And that was really a you know, powerful experience in the beginning because I was like, oh, okay, it's a trigger response to just drink. Um, that's part of our culture and life. And then throughout the year, it was, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it, there were times that were really great, um, you know, experiences that I had, like, going out and not drinking and times when I would go out and not drinking was terrible and, <laughs> you know, it's just life. Um, and I would, you know, encourage everyone if you, you know, whether you're going to use this drug or not for, you know, for a lot of people they'll drink for the rest of your life to take an extended break from it mm. is, you know, something that I would recommend, especially if you start drinking earlier. Um, it's a great way to get an understanding of, of one's own psychology. Absolutely. You learn so much about yourself because I think it's really underestimated, you know, how much we actually are emotionally relying on alcohol. You know, it's like our, our blanket, especially in these social situations. I know you mentioned the social anxiety and I experienced the same thing that um, giving up alcohol for the first few months, it was really, it's very in your face, you know, it's quite awkward, but also I I hadn't appreciated just how much alcohol was giving me that, you know, buffer or blanket when I was in social situations. Mm, definitely. And, you know, we're, we're a, a drug-using society, so mm. they, these drugs will always be uh, with us and it's I guess beholden upon us to always question why it is we're using them whether they're adding value and at what dose and for some people it's none at all and for others it's a little and for others it's you know whatever is right for them yeah and it can be you know 
there's so many different things that we can, you know, over consume and use them as buffers. You know, it can, it can be simply shopping, um, and eating and, you know, so many other things that, you know, aren't necessarily a drug or a poison, but it's all, Mm. you know, our awareness as to why we're using them and when we're trying to fill the void, um, I guess. So, what what re- what worked for you during that first year? Like, did you have any strategies or anything that you used to replace alcohol? Yeah, I mean, um, in many ways, I replaced alcohol with caffeine in terms <laughs> of staying up and out. You know, I was twenty two, and all my friends were going out all the time, so I drank a lot of Red Bull. Um, so I can say <laughs> I'm a purist in any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I think probably it was having an honest reflection on you know how I was drinking really showed me how I did life in a, in in a lot of different ways and whether that was relationships or with families or friends or and probably the best you know the sorts of ways of getting around facing those challenges but actually it i i think that just doing it having an experience um if you've never done it before is it can be enormously valuable yeah and so what have you noticed with people is it have you found uh, has there been any patterns with people either you know just going cold turkey or people um doing it you know gradually does does one seem to work over the other or it depends on the person it really depends on the individual and what they need and where they're at. Um, so our main program is called Daybreak, mm-hmm. which you can get from our website or download it in the App Store. And so we have health coaches that talk to people as they're going through this, these working this out. And for 80% of people that sign up, they come in with the intention either of cutting back or um, – you know, quitting and most people end up deciding to quit for an extended period of time, could be a year, two years, forever. Um, and it just takes a little while to get there. Personally, I, I still have alcohol as part of my diet and I still, um, you know, constantly questioning it. And sometimes I'm happy, really happy with that. And other times I'm not. And I sort of sit in the gray area uh, with most people uh, that use it. And, but what is most important isn't about the drug. It's behind that and processing the anxieties and the stresses and the things that often lead us to using it in excess. Mm. And that's where, for us, we see our role as making sure that whatever those reasons are, that you can talk to someone that's dealt with thousands of people with the same reasons and you can get tips and strategies from you know, trained professionals to change that. So that's our whole uh reason for existence mm, yeah and di- so did you after your year of uh, not drinking did you then start reintroducing alcohol um immediately yeah i mean well not the first night the first night i was up in uh in cairns in north queensland and uh and um all my high school mates were there and were going out and um it was going to be the first night of drinking after the 12 months and I actually met someone in in Cairns. Sorry, it was Ellie Beach. Ellie Beach, apologies. 
in, in Nellie Beach who had, had done exactly the same thing, took a year off drinking mm. and it just finished the year. And so we were talking about it and I ended up just hanging out with her all night, just talking about the year and didn't drink and, you know, so sort of was, that was the first experience. And then on driving back on the way home, I stopped in a, in a Bundaberg, which is, you know, this tiny town in, in Queensland and, and went into the bar and had my first mojito after a year. <laughs> um, which she didn't really know how to make and it was terrible. But um, <laughs> since then, you know, that was sort of seven years ago, eight years ago. Um, and, you know, I've taken time, like periods of time, like three months or six months off uh, annually or a month here or there. Um, and it really kind of depends on where where I'm at and what's going on in my life um, to, to do that. And I think lately I've really tried to take to – talking with our coaches and making sure that like if I've got got an issue or I'm drinking too much then I can deal with that by talking to a professional and looking at what's underneath it that's fantastic so you're um, benefiting from your own program yeah definitely (laughs) (laughs) that's I think that's a great testament to it isn't it (laughs) yeah well it's either that or I send them gifts like we can you can send gifts you know like little animated Things on that thing. I think I'm the only person that does that to our coaches. So. <laughs> so, and, good use of service. Yeah. <laughs> and so what do you think were some of your most like unexpected benefits when for for the year that you gave up alcohol or for any of the other, you know, periods that you've had without alcohol in your life? Mm. Um I think definitely a, a mental clarity was you know, a huge thing, certainly health-wise and achieving goals and, and um, you know, that health goals particularly, um, that was useful. And, um, but yeah, like just having a, a clearness of mind. Um, I also think that and now I think when I look back on it, having had experiences that perhaps if I didn't have the year off, I would have never had Zobar, like, family occasions or friends mm. drinks birthdays or all that stuff and just to have all of those experiences sober once and and if i'm honest i, I think that uh, for me some some of those experiences actually enhanced with alcohol mm. um but i'm glad that i've had it had them sober once um and and i and i'm like i appreciate them in a different way so that was definitely the, the value that i got out of it yeah, and because, you know, you were – did you say you're only 22 years old at the time? Right. Yeah, that's just – you know, it's so heavily ingrained in everything that we do socially, especially yeah. at that age. It, it totally is. And, but, like, with youngins coming up now and people are in their early 20s and younger, it's – the culture is changing. Like, yeah. there's a There's a real acceptance, I think you know, from younger people for other young people to have different choices of consciousness and, you know, whether that's drinking or drugs or whatever, but there's a, there's a, there's a, there's not this one culture of, you know, you must drink to fit in and people are more accepting of that. And that's really exciting to see uh, that flexibility and, and kind of celebration of difference that, that young people now have. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's, there's a lot more uh, that there is a lot more consciousness also, you know, 
millennials want to know, you know, with any business, what is the purpose behind what you're doing apart from obviously like profit? Yeah. And that's that's a good thing. Yeah, it is a good thing. It's a great thing. It's so it's so exciting. I can't I really can't wait to see what comes out of, you know, this generation and the younger generation coming through. Um so actually that's a great topic to explore. Have you noticed like um, you know, the role of purpose in because your you had, you know, it wasn't just to um, you know, stop drinking alcohol. You had a, uh, you know, and it, it was to do, have it do an experiment, you know, you had the brief. So you sort of were given a purpose outside of the actual just giving up alcohol. Do you think that helped with your mission? Yeah, I mean, eight months into the the first year, I, was, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. Uh, it was the cross-section of it was – what my skills were in advertising applied to a very thorny, complicated problem that affects a lot of families and individuals that isn't black and white. It's, you know, as, as diverse as there are individuals. And I knew that this is what I wanted to do. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I think that fire is still there. I still feel really passionate about changing the way that the world uses drugs and, how we do that um, has changed a lot. I think, you know, in the beginning it was just an online program that anyone could sign up to and it was more of a movement and a social kind of mission. And today most of our work is much more around systems change, working with governments and health bodies to make sure that people have access to, to treatment. It's a mm. different population of people, but the, the mission is still the same. It's just gone being of greatest value um, to our society. So, um, but I'm fascinated by the content and always have been and always, I see, probably will be around how we make choices in the drugs that we use, you know, how those choices are healthy, how they're not healthy and how how structures and tools can support people to make better ones. Mm. Yeah, that's so important. And what what have you learned about the reasons people drink? Uh, complicated question, I think. <laughs> um, I mean, there's so many layers to that, that question is on a neurological level, how, how it affects the brain mm-hmm. is that it, it helps essentially disinhibits us, disinhibits the neurons that are it makes us less anxious, uh, it also affects our memory um and so there's all these different layers that are happening on that neurological level and then from a social level there's subcultures and cultures that bring people together in certain environments make them feel safe about talking or dealing with other people um you know and then there's from a consumer level there's brands that assess a certain status in society it's it's so varied in in and um, complex mm. that from my perspective what really matters most is just a person and how they conceptualize it and and um, you know from our work and technology is you know when they come to the point where like I'm unhappy with the way that I'm drinking that as soon as possible they can get the help that they need to take them to where they are whether that's quitting or you know cutting back or whatever it means 
Um, and that's what matters most. So we, but we want to do that at scale. Uh, so it's having an individual focus at scale, which is our whole kind of purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and if you listen to this and you're questioning this, your relationship with alcohol now, then I really recommend talking to one of our health coaches and having a chat about it because they talk with thousands of people mm. every day through these challenges. And, and there are some patterns that, that, you know, can be seen around why we drink, but also how the experiments we might take on to make important changes. Yeah. Yeah. It's so it's there, there are just so many different facets to, to this, as you pointed out. And one that I really I wanted to talk about was, you know, the marketing of it because, you know, of course there's the um, the brain, you know, we sort of get stuck in this cycle where the solution to our problem is to drink alcohol and that's also like what starts the cycle, you know, because we, we get hungover and, you know, what and, and also because of the social um, benefits that we have to drinking and so then the solution to our problem, which was what started the problem, is the alcohol, which is what, and, and, and any drug. So we get into this really um, difficult, you know, spiral. And, but at the same time, you know, then there's the social pressures, but this marketing, and I think this is for just generally, we have the marketing around us is just constantly telling us, you know, we need more. We're not enough. You've got to keep, you know, um, not to just be happy with what you've got, of course, because we're, you know, a consumerist society. So right. these messages, but really I hadn't appreciated just how much is in your face around alcohol. Like everywhere you go, there are advertisements for just going and getting a drink. You, it's so easy to get some places. It's cheaper to <laughs> to have alcohol than it is for water. Mm. <laughs> it's crazy. So I think, yeah, like we don't realize, you know, the subliminal programming that's happening as well when we're, even when we're not conscious to um, all of these messages that are around us. But when you start to uh, build that awareness and and notice them, it really is quite frightening actually. Yeah. I mean, it has a, has a real um... – I mean, yeah, you're totally right, and I think that probably a, a a better society would be one in which alcohol is available but not advertised in the way that it is. So mm-hmm. people still have choice, but I think say take in the US, for example, where you see the pharmaceutical advertising, it really influences consumer decisions and mm-hmm. uh, consumer behaviour, and I think drugs are are and should be part of life in my opinion and should be part of the choices that we make but they shouldn't be sold in the same way that bread or milk are or have the same rights to mass consumerism Uh, i think that's not helping anyone except those specific companies Mm. so yeah that's my opinion on the subject Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting to compare it to the way uh, pharmaceuticals are marketed in America because there is uh, a much uh, bigger reliance, I guess, on pharmaceuticals from what I understand, although I haven't really done a lot of research into it. So, but it's, it's it's a really tricky issue because, you know, 
in Australia, you know, we've got all around smoking, our plain packaging sort of advertising. And I'm not sure what the stats are with that, but they, it seems to, if I just look at my own, you know, friendship circles, um, you know, well, more millennials are, are less millennials are smoking than ever before, uh, less people, the younger, you know, millennials, but I still feel like for people my age, it hasn't really been a deterrent, the plain packaging. So it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a tough question. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the perfect model for all drugs. Like I think it shouldn't, shouldn't be attractive. It shouldn't be sold in attractive ways, but I still believe in consumers to have, having choice uh, and being able to use these drugs and experiment with them. Um, and, and certainly in tobacco, the culture has changed. Uh, to you know, be really around supporting people to not to not smoke, um, and I think that's a that, you know having that diversity is great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So and then so obviously as well, you're running this um, organization. So what are some of the key lessons that you've learned through running Hello Sunday Morning? Oh. It's- I mean, it's it's a really every day is is different, uh, and the challenges just change all the time. You know, as as the organisation has grown and the partnerships have gotten bigger, and the um, the work is different, and our services have changed. It's always complicated and interesting. I think probably when I man so I run it really with a business partner, a guy called Jamie. Um, and him and I really co-lead the organization and I, he was able to look after it while I went away and did an MBA for a year and came back and, um, you know, we, we sort of the culture of the organization hadn't uh, had sort of changed in perhaps a negative way. And so we decided that we were going to invest in people and culture and really learn how to do that well. And, uh, and so we lent on our corporate partners to – steal the best ideas from their heads of HR and people and that was the best thing that we did because we could try and experiment with all these different things within our organisation that you know, as a small organisation you might not know about or have access to. So we did that and for the last four years heavily and building a great team culture and that's the most important thing for us uh, mm-hmm. to maintain that uh, drive and power of the, the and that's really my focus. Uh, but it's still, you know, still small. I have a team of 22 people. It's still small enough to be being involved in everything. And it, it's really, um, you know, that, that's also really fun. Yeah. And how do you feel about referring to um, the organisation as, you know, a for-purpose business? It doesn't matter whether you're a charity or a for or, or for-profit entity or whatever still requires the same same thing um, from our perspective anyway. Mm, yep. um, so we we yeah we we really run the organisation like a business and we have you know, partnerships with governments and health bodies and and corporates and corporate foundations and we just go where the opportunities best to have the greatest impact. Mm. So it, it must be such an exciting you know, uh, an exciting role that you have there. It is, it is. And I think a lot of, um, 
so like coming up and building a charity with a lot of my friends they had sort of gone on and done this for a while and then gone into other jobs or other companies and had different experiences and uh i you know i still feel the same sense of love and passion i you know, see myself going at least for the next years um <laughs> building it up fabulous and so for do you would you have any advice for anyone who might be listening to this conversation right now and they're thinking you know i want to find something that really ignites my passion as well you know i want to have you know a deeper meaning or purpose behind what i do in terms of my work is there any advice that you'd have for someone in you know finding that yeah, I mean, I think um, everyone says just go for it, right? <laughs> the things like just do it. Um, I think you know some thoughts that I've had along this this point is um, I think there's there's a couple of things. One is I think I'm really passionate about drugs and how we use them because my parents are both GPs and there's a lot of people in our family that are health professionals that use drugs in different ways and then I ended up in nightclubs where there's a lot of alcohol and drugs and whatnot and I think that it's always a, a, an area that I've been fascinated with um, in society and so my first piece of advice would be think back on through your life around what led what has interested you and what has led you to where you are and what's that story say about why you do what you do why you're interested in in what you are and there's often a thread there that is, can be sustaining for where you want to go. Mm. Um, and, I, and the other thing is I think you don't always have to start up your own own thing. Um, if you find, you know, an organisation or uh, a, 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 a company or an entity or even a person that's doing something really interesting, there's you know, nothing stopping you from joining them and, and getting involved in, in what they're doing even as a volunteer and to begin with. But, you know, all our interns seem to end up with jobs in our, in our team. So um, it's a really good way to get your foot in the door um, to, to start there. Um, and and I think like having, being useful in that way can be a really powerful way to find meaning um, without really kind of having to define exactly what your mission statement is mm. on a paper. Yep. Take some form of action. Yeah, that's true. The action is so important, you know, just to even just to give you the momentum because you really can't figure out. I mean, if you looked back now at what you've created with Hello Sunday Morning, even when you first received the brief, there's no way that you could have known that it would turn into what it is today. No, not at all. It's, it's and you know, the amount of twists and turns of life and you know near complete annihilations uh, <laughs> through it all just you know as I've gotten older I've realized how literally how less predictable the future is and mm. you know you just have to roll with it the other thing I'd say is um, I've had amazing mentors too and I think people are always afraid to find people that they really like to spend time with them or ask them questions around what where how they got to where they are and I've always just tried to find people that are living the life that I'd like to live in 20 30 years time and um you know convince them to be my mentor <laughs> um and I you know that's it, the, the ones that I set up kind of 
five, six years ago, uh, the relationships that I have with them today are very personal and they know me really well and now I know them really well and it's it's a really good investment um, because there's an accountability to living a good life with them that I always find talking to them one-on-one is helpful. I only catch up with them each, you know, every quarter. It's not a an onerous thing, but I think starting that early is or whenever you can is really, really powerful. Yeah, I think it's really important as well that you think of, you know, where you want to be in like 20, 30 years time, you know, even 10 years, five years, but you're thinking ahead at where do I want to go um, and these are the people that you're trying to surround yourself with in terms of mentors because uh, it's really, I think it's important to have, you know, obviously have people who are able to show you what you can do right now, but also in giving you some sort of understanding about, you know, what might be on the cards for the future about, you know, what could lead you there. It's it's really important to have the, the now and the future focus um, in anything that you're doing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And mentors, I mean, we're in, it's such a great time because even if you can't get to the people that you want to in person, even being able to, you know, connect with them over the internet or social media is just so powerful because I think environment is well, they say environment's so much stronger than willpower and I can completely vouch for that myself. You know, we we are a reflection of the people that we have around us. So if we're really curating our own, um, you know, inspiration and even just in our Instagram feeds, it's going hmm. to motivate us, you know? Mm. Yeah, totally. And there's a, there's a, a strong a strong reason to try and cultivate that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so, Chris, if anyone's listening to this and they really want to uh, either give up alcohol or just try it for some time or maybe reduce their intake and, you know, drugs and alcohol, uh, what would be your, you know, one piece of advice for them? Yeah, I mean, well, from a self-serving perspective, Mm -hmm. definitely – um, sign up to our newsletter and we'll send out a weekly newsletter with ideas or thoughts around this. Um, but if you're like really, really interested in this, download Daybreak and talk to one of our health coaches. It's free and you can access a, a clinical psychologist. You know, it's really something that you would have to pay 200 bucks an hour for. You can get and, and talk to someone and not only that, but they're really trained and experienced in people with this specific challenge. Mm-hmm. So, um, having just even one conversation with them is is useful um because you can um understand you know why using alcohol and, and you know how you might be able to use it better and, and or not at all whatever you're interested in um and so i think beyond beyond us i think you know 80 percent of people in australia drink and it's the same in most western countries it's, it's a it's a drug and that affects and many, many people use and, you know, I don't see that changing dramatically in our lifetimes. Um, but in that same breath, we need to constantly be questioning why it is we're using it and how, whether it's adding value to our life, how it's adding value to life, how we might be able to use it more effectively like we would any drug. And I think having that conversation consistently and, um, 
and over a, a lifetime is the most important thing. Yeah. And, you know, the community that Hello Sunday Morning provides is really, really helpful for, you know, even just providing another perspective, but also just seeing the people who have managed to create a better relationship with alcohol. That's really motivating. So, yeah, I, I think that that's also just uh, signing up for your newsletter, but also following you on Instagram. I found that personally for myself, it was really helpful during my year without alcohol. Yeah, I mean, you go on to the feed on daybreak and you just see people um, that are going through life challenges like we all do, yep. and and there's such a uh, there's such a powerful resonance to go, oh, cool, like I'm going through that too. Or and what our data suggests actually, which is quite fascinating, is that the more people support other people, the better their mental health outcomes are and how they drink so the more you actually invest in commenting and liking and supporting people that are going through this challenge the more it reinforces your own sense of behavior change which is mm. a real real power and having a community that's focused on this oh that is so interesting and actually because yeah. my my next question for you is was going to be you know how do we how can we support people who want to give up alcohol you know as someone who maybe um, doesn't want to but wants to support the people around them who are making yeah, that decision. I mean, that's, and it's not just with alcohol but, like, all the time people try different things or just, like, giving up meat for a bit or trying, you know, trying new diet or exercise or, or um, you know, and, and in particular with alcohol, like, taking, trying different ways of engaging with it or not at all. And I think it – I mean, I just catch myself all the time just um, – you know, putting shit on people for trying different stuff and <laughs> just a natural human behavior. But it's when there's new, when people are trying different things, the initial reaction, I think, should we should try and be one one of, of support and curiosity and and um, and just you know be there supportive for a person. And then if they're comfortable in their decision and you've got a good friendship, then afterwards maybe like you know can joke around with their their choices um but too often i think people's initial choices are kind of cut off at the knees um because they're different to what we make and i think having a culture of curiosity is is really really important um and and also trying it out for oneself too like doing joining them and, and taking a break or you know cutting back or whatever it is um, it's a great way to understand the choices that they're making. Oh, that's so true. And I really, really love that you mentioned curiosity because I think that's something that is easily overlooked and, um, and you know, and, and the relationship between support and curiosity because when people even just simply ask you questions about, oh, you know, your experience, how it's going, that does wonders in making a person feel supported rather than, you know, maybe completely dismissing what someone's doing and just, you know, not asking anything about it when it's, you know, especially when it's a really big change in your life, like giving up alcohol or reducing your, um, reducing how much you're, you're drinking. So thank you so much for mentioning that. That's <laughs> just so true. Yeah. And so, Chris, life outside of Hello Sunday Morning, what are you loving at the moment? Oh, um, 
I'm writing a lot at the moment, so writing in the mornings, um, doing a bit of travel and reading. I'm in a book club, a book club on Saturday night. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, just sort of have a few hobbies. Um, but kind of writing or working is taking up most of my life. <laughs> yeah. But you enjoy <laughs> but it, right? I love it, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mostly, mostly. Some days I hate it. <laughs> yeah, like anything. That's okay. Exactly. <laughs> oh, amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on and speaking uh, speaking with us today all about, you know, alcohol and drugs and Hello Sunday Morning and all about <laughs> purpose. It's been so helpful. And honestly, I really, really love the what you've created at Hello Sunday Morning. And I've just also, I think it's really important to, to note just how supported you feel in that community. And that's not, you know, an easy thing that you've created there. It is about the culture that you've created with the team that you've got around you and all the coaches that you've got working for you. And also just, you know, the social, the people who are on social media, like they just do such a great job at making you feel supported. And uh, I think that's just such a testament to obviously you and, um, and also Jamie and, you know, thank you so much for creating um, what you have. Thank you so much. Yeah, really appreciate you having me on. So there it is, my friends. I hope you enjoyed that fabulous conversation with the beautiful Chris Rain of Hello Sunday Morning. Yes, beautiful, because men are also beautiful. Thank you, Chris, so much for coming on the podcast. I absolutely agree that we should be making sure we are supporting the people around us by practicing curiosity when it comes to their decisions and what's going on in their lives. I mean, it seems quite basic, but I think this is something that is often and more often than you think overlooked. This has got to be one of the best ways to show your support and that you care about a person, that you value and respect them. And think about it. That's what we want from our relationships. That's how we want people around us to treat us. So just to reflect on your own journey, if you make a big life change and your closest friend doesn't say anything about it, doesn't ask any questions, doesn't acknowledge it, how would that make you feel? It would probably make you feel like they don't value your friendship. And while, of course, I think we've got to take care of our own feelings, I do think curiosity is a big problem in our society. We have become afraid to use it and to show it. It can make us feel vulnerable, but it is so, so, so important for meaningful connection. So if there's one thing that you can take away from this episode, I highly recommend it's to start asking more questions to the people in your life that you enjoy being around and also, you know, practice it on the people that you're meeting you know, really get to learn a person's story. There's so much opportunity to learn things through connection. I think it's also been really nice to hear from a male's perspective today on their advice for finding purpose and meaning in terms of your work. Chris has got some really great suggestions there, so I hope you've noted them down. And generally on the topic of alcohol and drug use, I think this episode's been really interesting to see, you know, Chris isn't either, he's not, you know, for or against alcohol. He's just for 
being aware of how much we're consuming alcohol and making sure it's a conscious decision when we do choose to use it. And this is the thing, you know, I also agree. If you want to drink alcohol, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. That's your choice. It's like, you know, if you want to eat um, meat, as as Chris um, it mentioned in the podcast, or if you want to, you know, eat sugar or you want to eat, you know, you want, you want to have whatever you want to have. <clears throat> You want to have whatever you want to have. That is absolutely fine. But you want to be consuming it in a way that is conscious and not as a way to be escaping from your feelings. Because then, my friends, they never get the opportunity to be dealt with. And they just, you know, and, you know, for me, from a theta healing perspective, from my study there and the subconscious and the body and, you know, they just get lodged. It gets stuck. All of this resentment of not actually being able to express and experience your emotions gets stuck in your body. And that's how sickness and disease happens. That's how we harbor resentment for all of our life. And we really just need to forgive ourselves and the people around us. It destroys our bodies, our minds, our relationships. So we need to just Recheck ourselves, check in. What is your relationship with alcohol like? Why are you drinking? Really ask yourself that before you have a a glass of anything. What is the reason for me having this? Do I only believe that I can have fun when I'm drinking? You know, and if that's the case, then I highly recommend that you start to think about ways that you can have fun that don't require anything outside yourself. Fun comes from within. Alrighty, my friends, if you want to connect with Chris and Hello Sunday Morning, you can find their work over at www.hellosundaymorning.org. And you can also find them on Instagram at hello underscore Sunday underscore morning. And you can find the show notes for this episode at www.letitiaringe.com forward slash hello Sunday morning. So let me know how you found this episode What are your thoughts on alcohol and drug use? I'd love to know. Let's start this conversation and come and hang out with me on Instagram at create a life that is beautiful or Facebook at Letitia Ringe. Now, what's happening for me next? Well, as I record this, I'm still not yet in Cinque Terre, but as you hear this, I will be in Cinque Terre in Italy, hopefully enjoying some beautiful views and some walks and some Italian food and just generally enjoying having a week to myself, enjoying the space to then come back fully recharged and inspired and ready to talk to you all about my newest offering, which is my online course. Now, the question of the day for me is, which I'd love to know if you've got any input, should I learn Italian or French when I come back? I still can't decide. And I know Italian is meant to be way easier than French, but I'm feeling the pull to learn French lately. Anyway, my friends, I'm going to be back next week and ready to share the details for this online course. I'm so excited about this. I've created it to really help those of us who, like I was, realize how disconnected we were from our feminine right brain energy. More details will be shared in this Sunday's newsletter, which you can sign up for and find out more about at www.letisharinj.com forward slash subscribe. Have a fabulous week, my friends. 
Thank you for being here. I really cherish you being here and sharing this with me. This podcast would not be possible if it wasn't for your support. And thank you so much for sharing this episode and for leaving your reviews on iTunes. I love hearing from you all. It's so fantastic. I really love connecting with you all here in this way. So I'll see you next week for another episode to unlock your truth and purpose. Bye.